You could always leverage your experience, your strengths, the things that you like to do and, and do those things only and just become an expert at those things and just keep doing them over and over again. Um, if you're passionate about it, just why not just keep doing what you're good at? And that way uh, you can all with a team uh, scale um, and do bigger things. You are listening to the Savvy Real Estate Investor Show, the podcast dedicated to empowering you to invest for your family's future. Listen in to learn about different strategies successful investors use to live their best lives. Whether you are starting out on your real estate wealth building journey or a seasoned investor looking for the next unfair advantage, this is the show for you. Each conversation will help you be more savvy when it comes to understanding how to leverage real estate to achieve your goals and live an extraordinary life. Your host is none other than seasoned investors and power couple, Jose and Khadija Jafferji, founders of the Savvy Real Estate Group, where we have been helping passive investors grow their wealth and getting them one step closer to financial freedom since 2008. Hey everyone, we have Yuri Alex Gomez on our show today. So excited to have Yuri on the show today. Um, I'll give you a quick introduction, but I'm sure Yuri will do a great job introducing himself and telling you all about all the great things he's up to. So uh, Yuri is actually uh, a man of many talents, I would say. He does so many different things. He's involved in the multifamily syndication space where he has over 500 units that he's involved in. He is a short-term investor as well. Um, in terms of short-term rentals, he has some Airbnbs that he owns and manages as well. And he's been involved in the past in several different strategies in the real estate space, I'd say for almost a decade now. So um, yeah, without further ado, I'll, I'll let Yuri introduce himself. I'll tell you all about the great stuff he's uh, a part of right now. He has also, um, you know, sort of attained the dream of leaving his corporate job behind where he is now financially free and real estate is able to fund his lifestyle and allow him to create the freedom, the time freedom that he, he I'm sure needed and wanted, especially with a very young family. So um, here's Yuri. Uh, thanks, Yuri, for being on our show today. Hello, Khadija and Jose. Uh, very excited to be here on your show. And thank you for the kind uh, introduction. Uh, but yeah, um, so I've been a, a real estate investor for about um, eight years um, in a investing capacity, not just you know buying the house where I lived in. And then um, I've always come from an entrepreneurial family. So um, I was working my W-2. I worked for over a decade um, in a W-2 job. And I always had in the back of my mind, uh, this is not what I want to do. I know that uh, there are uh, better things uh, where I can invest my time in. And, um, you know, and the real estate was always something that's been in the family. Uh, my dad uh, used to invest heavily in real estate in Colombia and not so much here. So um, I, I said to myself, uh, okay, I, I speak English. That's one of the things that my dad wasn't able to do in the U.S. as far as becoming an investor. And I have all the tools. I went to school here. I have been working for a W-2. I have all the tools that I need. So let me just start. And then by accident, I had a friend um, in Verizon that became an investor of real estate and started doing really well. He got into the short-term rental business. And then that was my first exposure uh, to real estate at a, at a little bit larger scale than the, just buying single family homes. Oh, amazing. Amazing. And um, so what, what, what kind of corporate... Uh, tell me, tell us a little bit about your corporate job and um, what you used to do at at your uh, previous uh, at Verizon. 
Absolutely. So I worked at Verizon and I started, I, I started finance um, and I graduated in 2008. Um, I wanted to work for a bank and no bank uh, wanted to hire me at that time. Uh, there was a lot of trouble. Banks were downsizing because of the, um, of the recession that was coming. Yeah. And it was just a, a bad time for me to, um, to look for a job at a bank. So um, I had a friend that was in sales in Verizon and he was doing pretty well. And he told me, you know, why, why do you uh, apply? And I say, I always said to myself, well, I, I went to school this many years. Um, no, I want to do something that's more related to my job. Uh, I ended up just going into a retail store and I kind of did the, the whole um, career myself. You know, I, I, I started as a customer service, sales supervisor, assistant manager. Then I became a general manager of a corporate store. Did that for many years. And then I switched to the uh, B2B side um, and I became an account manager, uh, managing accounts of um, 500 employees. Uh, so I, I handled, I think my biggest account at the time had like 400 lines. So just managing those type of accounts. Um, so I always dealt with uh, decision makers, going on meetings. Uh, then I started doing Zoom calls, virtual calls. So um, I always tell my wife that um, my W2 without us knowing was preparing me for what I'm doing today which yeah, is exactly. working on lar larger deals um, with investors and just inviting them to our projects. Yeah, I know. And that's that's the reason I asked because I, well, I'm uh, always interested to learn about what what they did previously and how those skills are transferable to what they do now, you know? And some some people start with the, in an, like exactly you're dealing with a lot of investors right now. You, you know, it's all about building relationships and, and um, giving them good customer service, you know? <clears throat> Absolutely. And that, that's always that um, I, I just like um, talking to people. So um, as I was doing my smaller multifamily um, short-term rentals, I am also a house hacker. Um, I realized that um, to scale, uh, to do a bigger project in multifamily, you could always, um, you, you don't have to do everything. You could always leverage your experience, your strengths, the things that you like to do. And, and do those things only and just become an expert at those things and just keep doing them over and over again. Um, if you're passionate about it, just why not just keep doing what you're good at? And that way uh, you can all with a team uh, scale um, and do bigger things. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I guess walk us back in time. So, you know, you started investing, you had this friend who had some impact on, you know, getting you started in the journey. Um, and like hearing your journey just a little bit about what I know, it sounds like you made the the leap pretty fast between smaller projects and then like going right into multifamily. So um, what did you have? What was your portfolio like initially? Like I know you were in this short-term rental space and you said you were a house hacker. Maybe tell us a little bit about that and then tell us about why you made like, because I know there's a lot of people out there who will, who will continue to accumulate small properties. Like they'll just every year buy a couple singles or buy a duplex or buy, you know, smaller things. And that's kind of the the realm of what they do. So it sounds like you did a little bit of that. And then at some point you made this transition. So maybe talk to us a little bit about what you were doing and, you know, when and how you made that transition. Yeah. And you are correct. The transition uh, at some point uh, started accelerating at a faster pace. Uh, and it, I think it's more my personality. I am just, uh, when I worked at Verizon in 11 years, I held seven different positions. So I was always moving pretty fast. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I'm just, Always wanting to know what's what's the next thing that I can that I can be good at. Always related to the same thing. I, I don't go 
um, for the shiny object, it, it always has to make sense. It has to be related to what I'm already doing so I can continue to expand on what I'm growing. So yeah, to talk about my portfolio, um, we had, my wife and I had two single family homes. Uh, then with our mentor friend from Verizon, I was able to get um, all of the, uh, I was, I leveraged his experience, his knowledge, and we were able to buy a fourplex um, between my wife, uh, my dad, uh, my brother ended up investing at, at towards the end, um, a, a small amount. Um, and we all pitched in so we can buy uh, a fourplex. And uh, that was like our first uh, multifamily. So we jumped right in from single family to uh, fourplex without a lot of experience on uh, rehabs, um, project managing. Um, we didn't have a lot of experience in different many things that we uh, that we needed, but we had uh, my mentor that um, was um, helping us uh, throughout the way. And we decided uh, because he had a short-term rental business, we decided um, that we wanted to do that. If the location of the property made sense, which it did, it was located in a desirable area where people like to to go um, all year long. We, we, it, it is uh, seasonal and cyclical, but um, um, all year long, you, you'll still get decent um, uh, bookings. So we did that. Uh, then uh, we became house hackers. My wife and I uh, bought a duplex where we rented um, uh, the, uh, an apartment uh, that was two bedroom, two bath. And then we lived in the four bedroom, three bathroom house, which is where we live now. Uh, so we did that. Uh, we did also a few flips, fix and flips. Um, I was involved in five projects overall, uh, three fix and flip uh, projects, and then two uh, private lending projects uh, for a fix and flip um, investor. And then um, after that, towards the end of last year, I started getting involved in larger multifamily, which is when we decided we wanted to, to scale and uh, it, just, it just made sense. And then that's yeah. when we got involved. Yeah, I know. And, and uh, um, we're going to get into the multifamily side a little bit later, but I wanted to uh, I wanted to tell the audience as well that I actually you know, got the opportunity to see your uh, four unit fourplex in uh, St. Pete, which is just uh, south of Tampa. Uh, beautiful, like amazing the that the amount of details you had just yeah i was i was really impressed by what i what i saw and, and how you ran that uh uh short-term rental um and and the numbers on it you know maybe we can share going to the numbers which is what i was blown away by thank you no i, I appreciate your kind words so yeah so our goal was our business plan was to be the nicest um airbnbs in the area so that's that, that was our, we wanted to do a business plan where that was what we achieved uh, because we knew that if we were the nicest um, Airbnbs in the area, our occupancy was going to be a little bit higher uh, than the average. And also our average uh, daily rate was also going to be higher. So we, we always knew that that's what we wanted to do. That's what, that's what was taught to us by our mentor. So, um, so what we did is we hired an interior designer uh, so she can help uh, help us with uh, a little bit with the renovations, but definitely buying the materials, choosing the materials to buy, uh, layout, changing the layout um, inside of the units. Uh, we got rid of a few walls. We added a bathroom to a couple of units. Uh, so we left two units uh, as, as a 2-1, and then we converted the uh, two more units to from a 2-1 to a 2-2. Two -two. uh, so we added a bathroom. Um, since we were adding a bathroom, we said we might as well do plumbing. It was an older building. So we did plumbing, electrical. Um, we changed a little bit the way the, the ducts of the AC uh, were um, structured. 
so we did a lot of changes. It was a heavy uh, renovation for us that we, we'd never done uh, big rehabs before. We had two single families prior to that, and we had done some cosmetic stuff, nothing big. So so we went right in. Uh, talking about um, the numbers, um, the property uh, right now, it's, it's, it's bringing a revenue of about, um, on average for the whole year, about $18,000 a month. Um, which is about a 15 to 20% return. I say 15 to 20% because it's not exact. Uh, it is very yeah. cyclical. So it does fluctuate from year to year. If we have red tide, uh, if a major storm uh, um, comes to uh, close to our area. So so it, it is not, um, the numbers are not exact every year, but they are pretty good. And that's equivalent to about a 15 to 20% return on, on our investment, which is great. You know, those numbers are, are good. They're great. Um, we are happy. Um, that's what allowed us to, uh, for, for my wife and I, my wife quit her job in, in 2018. She worked for 11 years uh, as a banker. She worked um, uh, um, with uh, internal auditor. She, was, she, wor- she worked with risk at, the, at her bank. She quit. And then in 2021, early 2021, I quit uh, my, uh, my corporate job. So uh, it was thanks in part to this property. Uh, we were all, also uh, house hackers. So, you know, we have a tenant that pretty much pays our mortgage, which is nice. And then uh, we have our short-term rental. And then we said we were going to uh, make up the, the rest of the income uh, with, with being active in real estate. So doing fix and flips. Um, and then we click, quickly realized that that was not um, what we wanted to do. Um, you get a re- great return on investment but you don't get great uh, return on effort, which is something that I talk about a lot. And, and then with my short, going back to my short-term rental, if I compare those 15, 20% returns um, that we're getting, if I were to put that in a large multifamily, I can get those 15 to 20% returns, maybe even more without doing anything. So as much as I like uh, my Airbnbs, I will probably do more in the future, not in the short term, um, but I, I am not saying I, I, will, I will not do more. I, I will probably do it because I enjoy it, because we like it. We already know the systems that we can apply to, you know, so it doesn't require um, as much work as it did at the beginning. Uh, so we already know that we can make it work in the future. Uh, but we also know that we can use those same, uh, those same funds, invest them passively in multifamily, uh, long-term rents, large multifamily, and and we don't have to do anything. So that's like the beauty of passive investing. Yeah, and I mean, let's let's go back to that concept you talked about uh, return on effort. Um, you know, and and talk to us a little bit about that. Like, let's let's talk deeply about that. And 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 you know, this thing about active versus passive real estate investing. So I mean, real estate is just a platform. It's a vehicle, right? And, and it's, and people sort of lump it as like real estate investing. And I think when a lot of people think about real estate investing, a lot of people do think about active investing. Cause the first thing you'll hear for somebody who's not investing in real estate is, oh, I don't want to deal with those headaches or I don't want to deal with, you know, fixing toilets in the night or getting phone calls. And so very much so people think of it as an active investment, right? I mean, people who aren't in the space, but again, like I said, it's just a vehicle and um, there's so many different things you can do within that vehicle that are either more of like an active business versus more of a passive investment. So yeah, let's talk about your opinion on this. And 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 again, that concept about return on effort. Yeah, that, uh, that is correct. So you have active uh, and you have passive. A passive investor simply invests money uh, doesn't have to put a lot of time and effort. Doesn't require any knowledge, experience. Um, just just uh, their money to invest. 
uh, I guess the only effort would be to um, kind of look at the deal that they're going to invest in and the operators that are going to manage that deal to make sure that the returns, that the business plan is implemented um, and then that the returns are going to be there. So that after that, you invest and you just wait. Uh, something I always say in my in my social uh, social media platform, it's... Uh, it, 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 I didn't make it up. It's it's been years, but I always say, um, don't wait to buy real estate. Buy real estate, then wait. So that's basically the 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 passive role. You know, you just invest money. You don't put any time and effort. It doesn't require any knowledge or experience, and then you wait. And then you have the active, which um, um, you're basically managing the asset. You're basically uh, finding underwriting properties. You're underwriting deals. You do all the analyzing and kind of deciding using some assumptions if a deal is worth um, investing in. Um, and then um, if you find a deal that where the numbers work, then you have to, uh, you know, and, and because you find the deal is because you probably uh, invested in broker relationships. So you did all of that. Then you found the deal. Now you have, you have to find financing for the deal. You have to find um, investors and you have to find a bank uh, that's gonna loan you, you know, seventy to eighty percent of um, of of the of the investment of the of the project. Then you do that. Then you close. Then you operate. You know, you have the asset managers um, that um, either you have a an asset manager, uh, a property manager, a third party property manager is gonna manage the property, um, or you are vertically integrated, and then um, you have the you do the property management. Uh, in house, so that's that's a ton of work, and that that en- encompasses the 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 active portion of uh, being an active investor. But there's also levels to being an active investor, um, which is what I like about uh, investing in large multifamily. Uh, and I say levels because you can be active where it, it feels like a like like a nine to five job, or even a job where you're doing more than eight hours a day. Maybe you you're doing 10, 11, 12, 14 hours a day. Um, so if you're a fix and flip um, investor, um, depending on how you structure your business, that may be the case where you're going to work uh, you know, a ton. You're going to be very busy. Also, if you are part of the team uh, that sources a deal, that finds a property, depending on how many people are helping you find the deal, you're probably also going to be working a lot. Um, and then if you, have, if you are bringing investors, um, that also requires um, a lot of work. But there's also a passive component to it because after you brought the investors, um, then um, you're not doing a whole lot. Of course, you're also helping. Uh, you may be helping with the asset management. Uh, you're also attending due diligence. But but there's there's levels to to the the active investor. Um, so I always look at my uh, uh, at uh, coming back to return on effort. When you look at return on investment, you're you're, you're saying okay, uh, if I invest. Um, $100,000, how many years am I going to make it back? So if it's a 10% uh, return on my investment, that means 10 years, I'm going to make my money back. Um, so return on effort is just simply a concept. Uh, what, how, what what am I getting for all the work that I'm putting on on the project? And and basic, and that's when the, 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 the decision factor to whether I want to be in the project or not is, 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 is it really worth my time going into all, all this? And yeah, you're going to learn a lot. You're gonna learn um, a lot of experience. You're gonna gain a lot of contacts. And uh, you, you, I mean, when you're an active investor, there's always uh, benefits. Um, you you gain a lot, but de- depending on the stage uh, of your life where you are, if you have a family uh, with like I have small children, um, or if you're 
going to school, if you have a master's or if you have another job, depending on, on your profile and everything that you're doing, you have to decide, am I going to be a passive or active? And if I'm going to be an active investor, to what extent, uh, to what level uh, am I going to be active? Uh, you know, before you decide, you have to look at both things. Right, right. <clears throat> so were you um, aware of this whole syndication model? And um, like, why did you go into larger multifamily uh, being part of larger multifamily, it was. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming is very related to the we just talked about the re- return on it effort. Um, you're not having to responsible to do all the work. You now have a team in place to kind of split the work, right? Absolutely. So, so um, talking about the concept of return on effort and going back to my short term rental, I love my short term rental. That's a property that retired me from my W two job. Is it's the property that allows me to invest more time um, on my large multifamily projects. Um, but uh, if we're just only talking about, you know, money and, um, you know, if I can make 15, 20% uh, passively, if I may, if I invest a million dollars and I can make 15, 20% passively, then why invest that million dollars and get the same 15, 20% return, but you now have to work. Uh, short-term rental business—it's a—it's a lot of work, you know. And yes, granted, it's not—it's not the same amount of work uh, today as it was uh, two years ago when we launched, when we were done with the renovations and we started actually getting bookings. Um, we have automated a lot of things. We have done a lot of things to, um, you know, we have a great cleaning crew, and I think that's one of the key things of operating a short-term rental. But I always knew in the back of my head, I always knew there were better options out there. Um, I didn't know exactly what those options were. I am part of my local RIA um, in Sarasota as the Real Estate Investors Association. Um, and we're always sharing ideas. I'm always meeting investors that are way more experienced uh, than I am. And, and there was an investor there um, that's actually pretty famous in Bigger Pockets. He's actually very, um, he's wrote a few books for Bigger Pockets. He's actually part of my local RIA. And I've, I've read his books years ago. And it was very, it was very, uh, for me, I was just, very excited that I could see this person and these other great investors. You know, Rod Cleave is always at, at our uh, RIA. Yeah. Uh, Jay Scott is the actual investor I'm referring to from Bigger Pockets. Okay. Um, okay yeah. So, um, and he's a syndicator. And I started, you know, I follow him on social media and I started looking into this. And I also have a family member that told me about this about two years ago. He was doing, it was like, it's more of a friend, but they're almost like family. And I always knew that somebody in my circle was doing that. I just didn't know exactly what, I didn't understand it well. I just, you know, I didn't really pay too much attention to it. But now that I was in my RIA and I heard Jay Scott, you know, with his social media, um, and his, uh, his um, in-person um, seminars that he would do for us at the RIA, uh, I started understanding the concept better. And now I had done already small multifamily, I had done a few flips. So I guess my mindset, or I was ready in a, I was in a position that I was ready to receive this information and think to myself, I can do this. So I said to myself, let me just start going to conferences, kind of seeing what's out there. And as I did that, I realized that it's actually easier uh, to work on a hundred on a hundred unit project than to work on a ten unit project. You know, depending on how you structure it, because you have a team on a hundred unit project project, you have a property manager, uh, you have asset managers. You have the ones that are sourcing the deal. You have the ones that are bringing the capital um, and then help, helping in, in other stuff. So you, you have a team in place and it can actually be easier uh, for you to scale um, faster. So that was kind of like, 
it was my aha moment when I was in the conferences. Um, I realized um, it, it's not easy, but it was it, it's 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 easier than if you try to do everything yourself on one smaller project. So yeah, no, very well said. Um, I you know I I I wanted to kind of get into some of the markets that you have invested in. And why you chose these markets? I know a big portion of your portfolio is in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Um, why you kind of invested in that market as as well as um, also want to get into currently what are some of the challenges that you're you're facing um, in terms of uh, raising capital and and also just maybe in terms of asset management, construction management, those types of things. Yeah, absolutely. So talking about the mar- markets, when I started my short-term rental business, I knew I wanted to be at a place where people like um, vacationing, but also that it wasn't going to be just cyclical and I wasn't going to get any income uh, during the summer, which is when when you don't have the the Canadians or um, Midwesterns. Yeah. Uh, you know, everyone that comes down to Florida they're not here in the summer. Uh, so um, so I wanted to find a place where I knew that all year long was going to get decent uh, revenue, but also, um, you know, there were times where it was going to be really good. So we decided uh, to choose uh, St. Pete. St. Pete, Florida is a great city, um, has a lot, a lot of tourism. It has the Dali Museum, which ha- has the second uh, collection, biggest collection of uh, Salvador Dali. Um, it also, also has the St. Pete Pier, which is one of the greatest um, tourist attractions in Florida. Um, and it just opened like in 2020. So um, pretty much the year that, that we opened our our um, Airbnb business. So, so that was great. Uh, and also the beaches are considered, um, you know, St. Pete won in 2021, the number one beach in the US. Um, so that was also uh, really good. You know, it's a place that, so so you look at all those metrics, um, and for the business businesses that you are in, now that I'm looking at large multifamily with uh, long-term rents, um, we look at other metrics. Uh, that's why we chose uh, Jacksonville, Florida. We choose uh, population growth, uh, which can be temporary, but then we also look at employment growth, which uh, which can be uh, more, we can last, last for longer. Uh, we look at uh, employment growth uh, as far as the, the income, you know, income growth. Um, we look to invest in landlord-friendly states. Um, that is uh, very important to us because we are executing a business plan and we want to be able to have control. If you don't have a um, a tenant that's paying rent, you know what are our options so we can uh, continue executing the business plan uh, for our investors. So that was um, very important to us. Um, and also um, there was a trend that started in the pandemic, which is a, a lot of... Uh, people started moving uh, to the southeast. So everything in the southeast, um, I like. I actually invested passively um, before I, I became a general partner for multifamily syndications. I invested passively uh, on a deal with with Jay Scott um, in in Houston, Texas, uh, 409 units. Uh, so that was my first uh, investment um, where I got exposed uh, to this um, and. Uh, you know, Texas is the same thing. It also hits uh, all the all the metrics uh, that I'm interested in. Um, so that's why um, I choose those markets. I'm talking about the challenges uh, that I have encountered. I mean, we're always learning. This is a learning experience for me. Um, I will forever be a student of real estate investing. Uh, this is not something that uh, stops. Uh, 
That's why I continue to go to conferences. I continue to um, learn about new operators, about what they're doing, about what their criteria is, how things are changing in the uh, current dynamics of of, of the market that we're going in now with a possible uh, recession. So I always have to like to keep those things um, uh, present. I think uh, one of the maybe... I don't know if I should call this a challenge, but one of the, the things that I did as a general partner is that I um, I invested um, everything in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, and granted, I, I have only, only been doing this um, pretty much this year. Um, I've only been a part of three deals as far as a general partner. Uh, but I would like to start diversifying more and um, start finding uh, new deals in different markets. I would like to be involved uh, possibly um, in Georgia, Texas, uh, Carolinas, those are all markets um, that I like, uh, among many other markets um, that I would like to be involved. Arizona, so I'm definitely looking at other markets. I think there are great markets uh, that are um, that are available. But yeah, to answer your question, I think it, diversifying is something that I haven't done. Um, and as far as challenges about, uh, for example, working with my investors, I have noticed that uh, everyone is now more um um they're they're waiting everyone's waiting for a recession so yeah. uh, when you have a deal uh that you're raising capital for um everyone's waiting to see what's what's uh gonna happen in the next few months uh and w- with all the reason you know uh it's just, there's just a lot of uncertainty yeah, um absolutely. about what's happened uh, we not we don't have the crystal ball uh, no one knows what's going to happen or to what extent. Uh, it, I have my opinions, but th- those are just my opinions based on what I see, based on on my studies, my going to conferences, talking to people, reading a lot of reports. Um, but I, I I also don't know. So so I understand uh, the mindset of the investors. Um, and the way to overcome those challenges is to make sure that you have a solid plan, uh, that the un- underwriting is uh, sound, uh, that it is covering all the assumptions uh, for the continued rise in interest rates, um, for the uh, the rent growth, how how you can calculate rent growth. Of course, I don't think it's realistic to continue to calculate double digit uh, rent growth uh, in the future. Um, so so we just need, need to be mindful about all those things. We can have our opinions. We can be bullish in, in some aspects of what's going to happen, but we just we just don't know. Yeah. yeah. No, all great points, and and uh, thanks for covering all of that. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I myself and um, Khadija, we always always I t- I was talking to her about la- this last night that there's so much information. Like I'm also the same way as you are, like constantly watching videos, listening to podcasts, and reading not, exactly. and reading and and you know, because I want to know what's my 2023 gonna look like, right? Not only because of the pending recession coming, but also like okay, what what are maybe some other markets that we we need to look into? Um, there's uh, also like setting up more uh, broker relationships in those markets, you know, and how are we gonna capital raise in 2023? What's that plan gonna look like? Right, that's the most important question yeah. right now. So it's yeah, thanks for covering all of that and and you know we're kind of on the same boat yeah yeah right. and- nobody has that crystal ball right so um but i think that you know jose and i've been investors for similar like over 10 years now and i think that it is going to be an interesting year it's going to be the first time in the last i'd say at least in the last three to five years where 
you have to be very good at what you do and you have to be extremely creative in the way that you think if you're going to make it. So I think that, you know, uh, the market was very favorable, even for us. I'm not talking about other investors only. Even for us, the market was extremely favorable in the last three years and extremely forgiving of mistakes, right? Because of all these things you mentioned, like, you know, double digit rent growths and, you know, double digit appreciation sometimes even, right? So like you're talking about uh, a market that was very, very favorable, but um, it's definitely, if we're going to have an honest conversation, there's definitely a lot that's changing right now. And, um, you know, I think that people need to be cognizant of who they're working with and how their operators and, you know, how they're selecting their deals, what deals that they're they're entering into and and really like how are you going to ensure that you make this deal happen um, rather than just expecting that the market is going to naturally carry that for you. Absolutely. These are all uh, great points. Um, <laughs> and I, I do believe uh, even though we are facing uncertainty, um, you know, uh, unemployment will probably start raising, uh, which in turn is going to cause that the occupancy rate is gonna, you know, decrease. Uh, of course, large multifamily is not is not as volatile as the stock market or even as uh, single family homes. So we'll definitely see less volatility there. But we just don't know. We just don't know to what extent these things are gonna happen. But but having said that, I still think that it is not the time to just stay on the sidelines. I yeah. think uh, like like to Jose's point also. Um, you know, continuing to create those broker relationships. Um, and if you're a passive investor, start analyzing different operators, you know, set up those Zoom calls, you know, look at their the deals that they've done or the ones that are, there's still deals out there. So look at those deals, whether you invest or not, uh, get familiar with the, with the, with the terms, uh, with the metrics that they use. Uh, this is, I would say this is the time, if you're looking to get into uh, passive investing, this is the time to, to learn how to do it. Uh, you know, it doesn't involve as much time as, as an active investor, but this is the time to really understand, uh, get to know operators. So you start doing your homework. So you feel comfortable. So when the, when good deals start coming up, uh, maybe in Q1 of next year, maybe in Q2, who knows? Um, I think you can even find good deals now. Um, yeah. but it is, if you start just doing all your homework and you start, um, kind of getting acquainted with with all the processes involved, then you're going to be ready. So I, I just don't think it's it's never a time to be on the sidelines and you're always going to encounter uh, difficulties in the in the in the stages of the cycles. Uh, we're going through a cycle right now, uh, a part of the cycle where, you know, interest rates are really it's really hard right now to get a loan um, and, and one where the numbers will work. And then um, a few months ago, um, it was easier, but everything was crazy expensive. So there's always going to be a difficulty. Uh, and the next year, we'll probably find deals, but there's not going to be any capital or not a lot of people are going to want to invest because everyone's just waiting in the side. So there's always going to be a difficulty and you just deal with it um, as you go. And, uh, yeah. you know, uncertainty is coming. You prepare for it. You you act. Um, and then... Um, and then you you'll get the experience, the knowledge uh, to make a great decision when the decision, when the opportunity comes uh, to you. Yeah, oh, that's great. No, I I think I totally agree with yeah. what you're saying because, you know, nobody nobody knows the perfect time to invest, right? You can you can kind of make an educated guess on uh, when to get in, but it's it all there's so many factors that that go into uh, getting into a deal, right? It, um, like. Like you mentioned last year, 
we all thought we, you know, the prices was too high, it was too competitive. So that was the challenge. Now it's the the interest rate. So there's always going to be some kind of a barrier uh, that, yeah. or, or or maybe an excuse that people will uh, gravitate towards on not taking not the taking action. Not taking that action. Yeah, for sure. You know? Yeah. No, that's great, Yuri. So um, as we kind of come to a close here, I just wanted to ask you about, you know, you're you're such a motivated guy. You have a young family. Um, what's your why? Like what keeps you driven? What keeps you motivated? And, um, you know, it, it's easy to kind of get to a point where, you know, like you have some investments now, you have this income, you don't have to, you know, you're essentially financially free from your work, um, from your W-2. So what what sort of what keeps you going and what helps you to stay motivated to achieve some bigger things? Yeah, so I have a couple of whys. Uh, of course, my family. Um, you know, my family. It's 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 what drives me. Uh, it's the reason I wake up every day, wanting to do better things. So I guess I'm answering your last question at the beginning. That's <laughs> kind of my my why. I um, as soon as I, start, I started having kids, um, it's crazy. All of a sudden, I was more motivated to just do do great for them and buy them. <laughs> so one of my biggest whys is to have that uh, time. Uh, and this could sound repetitive. A lot of people talk about that. Uh, but when you actually, like I, I quit my job last year, when that actually happens and you start, you know, you all of a sudden you can be at every breakfast and every lunch. Um, I can pick up my kids from school. Um, I can just be there uh, more present. I can read books uh, when they're about to go to bed. Uh, when I, when I can just be more present, uh, just w- one thing is to to talk about it, and, and wh- wh- the other thing is when you actually start experiencing experiencing it, it's just it's everything. So that's yeah. that's one of the reasons why I do what I do, and also um, I, I've always my personality. I've always want uh, even when I was in Verizon, I was uh, my personality just of wanting to like help and serve, uh, help others. You know, when I when I find something like a best practice. Uh, I used to do this in my W two jobs, uh, and I do it today. I'm always trying to share my my information with others, which is why I'm very active on social media. Um, when my mentor friend, um, you know, gave me so much value and helped me with my first uh, multifamily project, I, I, I asked him, uh, "Hey, how can I pay you back?" Uh, he always uh, said, "Just pay it forward. You know, do not pay me back. Just pay it forward." So uh, it also aligns with my personality uh, style. So I always want to serve. Uh, I always want to give my time to others when they book uh, calls with me. Not everyone is an investor. Sometimes uh, uh, people book uh, calls with me, and there's someone that doesn't have money and they just want to learn. And I give them. We talk for about an hour, and I'm gonna continue doing that as until I have no time to do that. You know, I, I will. Mm-hmm. I will try my best to continue to do that. I mean, it's not like I get calls every day um, with that type. I also get, you know, investors that want to uh, invest on, on my projects, which is great. Uh, but until I have the time, um, until I can continue to bring that, I, I give that value to others, I will continue to uh, share my best practices, the things that I'm experiencing. Um, that's why I do my social media um, every day. I try to put out content every day. To show people, uh, you know, for free, how can they you can just learn more about uh, investing in real estate based on my personal experience? And I decided to do everything in Spanish because I am an immigrant. I came here 24 years ago when I was 16 years old from Colombia, and um, you know, there's a lot of guys like me in the U.S., but not a lot. I got not a lot of guys doing it in Spanish, helping you know. Um, other immigrants that are uh, hungry, that are, are eager to become investors, 
create passive income for their families, uh, have financial freedom. So that's why I decided that I was going to focus on doing my content um, in Spanish. So most of my content, you'll find some stuff on LinkedIn in English, but you know, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Facebook, it's all in Spanish. So nice. Yeah. Yeah, And um, what's the, uh, how can people follow your success? Uh, You have uh, golandscapital.com is your, uh, your business website. Um, Maybe uh, you can share some of your other uh, handles. Absolutely. So I I use the same handle for all my social media, which is uh, Yuri Alex Investor. Um, Yuri Alex Investor. Um, you can find that, that. That's that's my handle for Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and um, and TikTok. Um, and then uh, on my Instagram, you can go to my link in bio, and you can find the link uh, the links uh, to my website. If I have upcoming webinars, uh, sometimes I put some webinar recordings there. Yeah. You can also book a call with me if you go to my link in bio on my Instagram. Uh, free call. It doesn't mean you have to invest with me. You know, I just like talking about real estate. So yeah, so you can find me. I think Instagram would be the 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 better way because of my LinkedIn bio. Awesome. Yeah, we'll definitely link everything in our show notes. And uh, I urge people to follow Yuri on online or reach out if you want to. Like I said, he's such, such an awesome guy. So, so much positivity, uh, definitely worth the call. So uh, thanks again, Yuri, for being on the show, for sharing so openly and being so honest. Uh, we uh, I, you know, we learned a lot and I think that our audience, um, will definitely benefit from, you know, a lot of the honest conversations that we had today. Cause I mean, really, and truly like at the end of the day, um, I, I may be biased, but there's no other vehicle like real estate out there. And, and I think the moral of the story today was, Hey, like, like you said, you know, you buy the real estate and you wait, there's no perfect time. There's no way to time this market. So, yeah. absolutely. Thank you so much uh, for having me. I really enjoyed, uh, this conversation a lot. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Appreciate it. Thanks, Yuri. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation on the Savvy Real Estate Investor Show. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow on whichever platform you are listening to this on. If you liked this episode, please write a review and share it with us. We are getting the show up and running right now, so every message, every review, and every note counts. This show exists to showcase how investors at any level can start using and leverage real estate to become savvy wealth builders. If you want to learn more about how we can potentially help you create more passive income and build your wealth faster, go to www.savvyrealestateinvestor.com. Once again, it's www.savvyrealestateinvestor.com. All right, that's a wrap. We can't wait to hang out with you on the next episode.